You know what time it is. You don't have to look at your clock. You don't have to look at your <laughs> clock application on the iPhone. By the way, I'm going to the application store later today because it's a beautiful day. It's 1046 on the East Coast. I'm Guy Adami. I'm here with my dear friend, Dan Nathan. Today's episode of 1046 is brought to you by Open Exchange. Dan, if there's a virtual meeting that matters for the top companies around the world, you know who's running this thing? You know who's the back end, the engine of it, Dan? Who is it? It's Open Exchange. It's Open Exchange. Yeah, that's it's right. It's Open Exchange. Right. What we're going to do, we're going to break down three research calls in 14 minutes. Put it on the clock, Dan Nathan. You want to start? What do you got? Give me something. All right. So you and Help I are both out here. You got you and I are both big fans of Tom Lee from the Fun Strat. He is yep. a tremendous mm -hmm. strategist. He made a very big call on Fast Money um, earlier in the week. You were on it. He was talking about the oil patch. You know, Guy Adami. You guys don't know this. Used to trade commodities, <laughs> oil in particular, in the go-go '80s. You were a monster uh, oil. I think you were just like a whale, right back then. But Tom Lee. This week is making a pretty big call in the OIH. That is the um, ETF that tracks the oil services groups. And he's got a couple bullets here that I think are worth repeating here. He said the best supply demand alignment in more than 10 years, given the combination of vaccine, robust, um, you know, rollout of the vaccines, and then obviously just the reopening of the economy. But he thinks the entire energy complex is a buy. And he has this quote, and I thought this was really interesting. We're going to go to a chart in a second for the OIH. It has never been below 450 if Brent is at 70, and it's never been below 600 if Brent is at 80. And he was tagging that to Goldman Sachs, your former employer, where you yeah, were sure. with that oil whale. They're saying 80 bucks Brent soon. So what does that mean for the OIA? Yeah, I happen to think he's right. And I do believe if we slide it, Earl, Dan, I do yeah. think we have an OIH chart. And you look at this sucker. And it's basically been a, in a four-year, three-and-a-half-year downtrend. Yeah. And we seem to be breaking out. I'm with Tom on this one. Oil, everybody's going to start to come around on oil now and oil services. And we're going to talk about the integrated names in a second. But he is absolutely on to something. If you look at like a Schlumberger, for example, this stock has been trading to the upside, but it's nowhere near the levels we saw in January 2020 before everything broke down. So I like this OIH call a lot. Um, I think there's something behind it. There are fundamentals behind it. And I think commodities will continue to go higher and they'll be led by all. The demand is there. You know what? You know, what I was yesterday, Dan, Nathan, not to get off topic, but this actually is going to sort of it's going to line up with what we're talking about. I was in Washington, in the Washington, D.C. yesterday, yeah. drove down or in the afternoon, drove home last night. But you know, you have to get petrol at a certain point because <laughs> it's about 230 miles or so away. Yeah. So we stopped. in. D I know you're bored. Don't be bored because there's something <laughs> here. We stopped in D.C. for gasoline, and I looked, and I'm like, that can't be right. It was $4.39 a gallon ah, for gasoline. Yeah. Now, I understand that's a city and all, but listen, very quietly, gas prices have gone higher as well. So everything is moving higher. There is inflation. Energy is going to move higher. I like this call. And, you, and one of the lines in that last slide was uh, oil services or big cap integrated. Yeah. I think it can be in both. And let's slide it all again. Yeah, Dan. let me just get in real quick. Oh, sorry. Oh, thing, I apologize. I didn't know you wanted to get well, in. Well, I would just in. say that if you think about when the OIH was, you know, eleven fifty back in two thousand and fourteen at the highs, I think it's really important to try to draw a little bit of a comparison between what's going on now and what's going on then. We have QE going on, and we basically have a zero interest rate policy. Back in two thousand and fourteen, the Fed started kind of floating the idea that they were going to taper QE and they were going to come off normalized 
um, interest rates. Well, we're in that same situation right now, guy, and we're there largely because of inflation concerns. So my biggest worry is that if the Fed were to signal sooner than um, a, lot, a lot of people think that they're going to take their foot off the pedal here, you might have to see, you may see the dollar rise and you might see oil get killed like it did. Yeah, last yeah maybe. Yeah. Listen, I said, no, that's a, I like that. I like you push back because that's yeah. typically what I say. You know, the yeah. Fed is they're so behind the curve. They don't know what they want to do. And by the way, the oil genie is out of the bottle, in my opinion. But that's okay. listen, Dan, right. as they say, that's what makes markets. And yeah. hopefully Jerome Powell is watching 1046 live right now. What's up, JP? You're screwing the pooch. Anyway, next Bank of America upgrades. Con I just did say that, by the yeah. way, yeah. Bank of America upgrades ConocoPhillips symbol there, COP to buy from neutral they raised their price target to 67 from 65 mm -hmm. all that it's not that exciting except that it's significantly higher from where we are right now favorable macro outlook accelerated cash return compared to other pure play emps oil major cash return blah i get it 26 holds right now let me tell you this i like this buys well. two holds that's what i said 26 buys two yeah. holds yeah but why do I mention ConocoPhillips? Well, because Chevron is the other name. And, you know, Mr. Mr. Buffett, you, I know you're a fan of Mr. Buffett. He, he made a comment about ConocoPhillips, and he basically said that if he could own the entire company, he would. He used the word compunction, which is a wonderful world word in that space <laughs> uh, and in his vernacular. And those are the two old guys, him and his friend Charlie Munger. Uh, they're, they're been putting on a position in CVX. I like what they're doing. I like ConocoPhillips. Out of all of them, by the way, I think COP is the most interesting one to the upside, Dan, Nathan. Well, well it's interesting. And so you ask us, why are we talking about upgrades or downgrades? It's just kind of interesting, the, the kind of sentiment changes that you will see among analysts and how that seeps into the rest of the analyst community. And so that's why we kind of reference that. But it's also interesting to say that this is not like some sort of fresh call here. 26 buys, two holds, no sells. Everybody's on board. We have a one-year chart of the COP. You see that there's really good support down there in that uh, 50 to 48 sort of level here. It just bounced off of that. So if you're trading it from the long side, you might think about that as a good mental stop to the downside. All right, let's go to... By the way, Dan, just quickly, just yeah. it's worth pointing out that they did report on May 4th. And why do I mention May 4th? If you're one of those people out there on the Twitter or on your whatever Instagram or Facebook and you're putting out, may the fourth be with you, yeah. you just got to stop now. Although I love Richard Dreyfuss, Dan, and I know oh. you're wincing and you're, and I love them in the movie. Stop it with the may the fourth. It's, it's a bad boring. Joke, it's guy. it's you, you just, used to, you no, used to, what's a bad joke? May the fourth or Richard Dreyfuss. They both suck. That's you, why I'm using you mashing it. up every late seventies um, like space movie into one. I know you want to throw ET in there. That that was early eighties because you love Drew Barrymore when she was Princess Leia. I get it. Sure, Your jokes sure, are getting sure. a bit old. All right, like me. Sorry, move on, please. This is one of those these upgrades on Wall Street that I love, and I know that you love too. The whole sell to neutral, you know, where yeah. you read the whole note and the analyst really can't even get out a few bullish comments. It's just he doesn't want to have or she doesn't want to have a sell. It anymore so boeing over at bernstein i'm just gonna rip through this one real quickly they do upgrade the stock from an underperform to like a market perform that is a sell to a hold they raise their price target from 196 to 229 they think that the company specific obstacles and there have been many over the last couple of years or so um or might be abating here um so 
listen, I think this one's interesting because, again, talking about sentiment, only half the analysts that cover Boeing rate the stock a buy. So it's not exactly clear skies at the moment. What is your take on the Boeing guy? It's not a ringing endorsement. I mean, obviously, the, the range in price targets, you mentioned it, at anywhere from 196, I think, yeah. or they raised their price target to 229 from 196. And the range for analysts is anywhere from 165 to 314. I think we have the average price target somewhere around 257. I mean, to me, this is just the upgrade ahead of what's going to be another upgrade a month from now when they raise it to buy from market perform yeah. and they put their price target somewhere around the average price target at 260. You know, it's not all that compelling. I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I think there are better places to be. I think the obstacles have abated. I would agree with that point. I just don't think Boeing's all that interesting right now. I would look at a name like Spirit Aerosystems which is levered to Boeing, which has yeah. sold off a bit from its prior high. I think that's where you can be. But this is just one of those upgrades that I think has to be done ahead of what will be a bigger upgrade a month, a month and a half from now. And when I'm right, and I will be right, Dan, I hope you remember today, May 6th, that yeah. I said it, which well, I'm sure not, you will. You're not obviously giving a ringing endorsement here. We have a five-year chart. I think this is really interesting. You know, the company had two deadly crashes, 346 people perished in, in, in those two classes. And, and it was proven that there was negligence, you know, as it related to that 737 max. The stock did not break down below. Look at that 300 level. It was yep. kind of holding for a couple of years. Um, and then it went down in a straight line, you know, from 350 to basically 90 bucks or so. You see that uptrend off the March 2020 lows here. I think as long as it holds that, you play that maybe towards 300 to your point, because if you get a couple things going better with the 737 max and the 787, um, then the stock is headed back to 300. But any more snags on any of the issues with those two planes and the stock's going to break that uptrend and you may see the thing back towards 150. So you know, if I, you think about it, if Boeing were a better run company, given the environment, given yeah. the backdrop, the reopening, everything that's going on with airlines, this stock should be significantly higher. I mean, they've basically been impaling them. The way I impaled mm -hmm. myself yeah. earlier with your joke that you didn't, with my joke that you didn't yeah, like, is the same way that joke. Boeing's been impaling themselves. Although, if you look at this, <sighs> you do have a series of higher highs and higher lows, and the trend line that you drew is spot on. So again, I do think you're going to see multiple upgrades as his name over the over the next three or four weeks, and the price targets will probably ratcheted up close to that $300 level that Dan so um, eloquently pointed out and artistically drew in terms of that horizontal line. See what I did there, Dan? Hey, you know, what, guy, we have a clock up there. We got to get moving. I'm sorry. Here. So keep moving. Move. So move. We're going to keep doing Bank of America Bofa, as the kids like to say here. They downgraded Peloton. That was before the news the other day about the uh, the tread recall. Um, this one was kind of interesting to me. You know, it's kind of a fairly obvious call. You know, I, I think the analyst over there takes his target from 150 down to 100 um, from a buy to neutral. And that treadmill, while it's not a huge device for them, obviously you are big into the bike and you do sure. the, who's your, who's your instructor? Who do you use? I like Dennis Morton. I'm a Dennis Morton guy. I think okay. he does a nice job. I like the music that he plays. So Some I of have, the music these people play are br brutal. See brutal. that right there? That thing's going back. It's a full recall here. Um, but they're saying there's about 125,000 of them. Here's the thing. It wasn't, you know, more than 10% of their revenues, but they were just getting ready to launch a lower priced one, more in line with the bike price. And so, you know, this is a bit of a PR hiccup here. Um, they finally came around to it. Um, so listen, you know, 
I don't know, man. What's the catalyst? They're not going to be able to roll out those those new treads. They're buying pre-core. A big part of that is other devices here. So, um, And then it's also the reopening trade. I mean, listen, are people going to go back to gyms? I just rejoined a gym guy here Good in New York you. City. Look at you. Look, yeah, look big at me. Shot. You can see how ripped I am. You can obviously tell how much I work out. You know, I, I mean, I bench like 225, whatever, dude. But this is one, again, where... Analysts are still all on board, despite the fact this stock has been cut in half in the last few months. Twenty-three. Do you know what? Do you know what the price range for analysts in this stock are? I'll no. tell it to you because you no. probably don't know. The range is forty-five on the low end to two hundred. Yeah. You could drive. You could drive that truck that they're going to have to bring to your house to get that Peloton yeah. tread back through those price targets. Now, with that said, I do believe the Peloton reports after the bell today, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm mistaken, please at me. Oh, it was vociferously. They, already, they already reported. It wasn't. Oh, so there you go. So yeah. I missed it. Okay. So that's that number one. Number two. in today, guy. Let me just, uh, huh? You what slept, was that? You slept in I slept today. in today. Actually, I was on the road all day yesterday. The <laughs> price target of 100 is still about, what, 16% higher than we are now. So I actually think you can buy the stock here and look for that $100 price target. Dan, you drew that nice head and shoulders, but I do think there's some upside in the name. Yeah, I, listen, I think the chart is interesting. The head and shoulders, that neckline was at 100. I just drew that line at 90. That seems to be, um, you know, a new level here. Um, the stock is trading a little bit below that. I mean, listen, at some point, I think I would have liked to have seen a bunch more people throwing in the towel on this one because the valuation is still extremely rich here. And this is a company where, you know, it's not just the hardware, right? It's those subscription, um, you know, revenue that people are doing. And then, you know, you just kind of think about, okay, well, a good portion of people who bought Pelotons are going to start using it as a coat rack again, and they're going to oh, go back stop. to the gym. You know why? Because they like looking at ripped dudes like you working out. All right, listen, on the way it. out, we got listen, we got to move quick, Dan. Listen, yeah. Melly upgraded to buy at Stiefel. Price target remains $1,800. The range in that stock is $1,075 to $2,500. Why is that interesting? Because they bought $7.8 rounding error, I know. $7.8 million worth of Bitcoin. Say what you got before we got to get out of here at 11, Dan. Quick. Dude, chill. We're going to go overtime here, guy. Oh, you don't have I didn't a know choice. We're going overtime. There's, no, there's no reason to kind of get out like that. We got a minute or two. Our friends at Open Exchange will kind of extend the window for us here. Um, this one we threw in as one for the road. You know, there's a whole heck of a lot of things going on there with the Meli, the Macabro, Libre. You got a little Amazon. You got a little eBay. You got a little Shopify. They're, they're basically, you know, reconfiguring the way commerce is done in Central and South America here. I know a lot of savvy investors have been keeping a close eye on this one. So it's kind of interesting. You said it, a rounding error. Do you think it's a bit of a PR stunt to put like close to $8 million in Bitcoin on their balance sheet? Or do you think it's something that has to do with cross-border payments and the way they're thinking about um, how global commerce builds out? They'll tell you it's the latter, but you and I both know that it's the former. But good for them because they're getting on board. A lot of companies, you know, we talked to Michael Saylor a yeah. month and a half, two months ago. He said that more and more companies are going to take their balance sheets, which are liabilities, and turn them into assets by adding crypto to those balance sheets. And you're seeing it all across the spectrum of companies. You saw it with Mercado Libre most recently, but you're going to see it with more companies. And if, by the way, Apple ever decides to add some crypto or Bitcoin to their balance sheet, of which $250 billion with a B, billion dollars or so is in cash, Anywhere from five to ten percent. Think about the ripple effects that that's going to have, Dan. Nathan. You have a do you have that's a call the one that you got to watch here, buddy, because you, you you've mentioned yeah. that a couple times right now. And I'm just telling you, when it happens, and it's it's going to happen. I just yeah. hope you say whatever show you're on. And oh, by the way, 
my friend Guy Adami mentioned that months and months ago. Just saying. On the at 1046. Okay, so a quick recap. We are in extra time. We're going to bring it out here. This is sudden death extra time right here. So we talked about Tom Lee's oil call, specifically OIH, that the oil services looks a bit like a coiled spring. I brought up the potential. If everyone's so convinced that inflation is here to stay, well, at some point, the Fed is going to have to start raising rates and in QE. That could be that meaning that the dollar does the opposite of what so many people are convinced that the dollar is going lower. And if the dollar were to ro- rally meaningfully, if you go back and look at 14 and 15 and 16, well, oil got killed. Okay. I'm just saying, we're going to think. Okay. About it's all thing, good. Okay? Boeing is related in some ways um, to demand kind of picking back up for uh, air travel. And it'll be interesting to see if they can stop, as you would say, impaling themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, give us, give, wrap up the Peloton. Well, the, the Peloton, I mean, what you did, what you really tried to do is you tried to show what this reopen trade looks like on the good side and the bad yeah. side, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly yeah. here being, um, Peloton, I agree. Yeah. Eli Wallach, by the way, was the ugly and the good, the bad, the ugly. The yeah. good, uh, as you know, is Clint Eastwood. And the bad for you folks playing our home game was uh, Lee Van Cleef, the yeah. great Lee Van Cleef. Dan, great see movie. what I did there? Great. Well, that's movie. it. That I mean, can we just get, can we get out? You know what this was? What was this? This was at 1046. Yeah, we went in extra innings, overtime, whatever you want to call it. But today's episode has been brought to you by Open Exchange, Dan. They manage virtual meetings that matter for the top companies around the world. Say what you got to say before we go. Well, listen, we are a top company and uh, they manage this very impactful virtual meeting. So thanks to our friends at Open Exchange. Play the music and let's get out of here. See you later, Dan. Yeah, bud.